welcome to the new Our Gathered Catholic Podcast with Father Rob Kroll and me, Jim Fellows. Father Rob, how are you? I'm doing well, Jim. Good to be with you once again. It is good. And how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. All right. It's been a long week, but uh, that's okay. Yeah. Well, you get paid the big bucks. That's okay. Sure. <laughs> So we've been getting uh, a really positive response, for the most part, on our podcast. I've gotten uh, lots of emails from people who are, are getting the consecration book and are going to go through the mm-hmm. process of consecrating themselves to St. Joseph, which is awesome. Great. And have you gotten any feedback on this? I've gotten some feedback, and the feedback has all been very positive. Uh, I even got a nice... Uh, recently, a nice uh, note from a uh, a woman that I grew up next door to and know her kids well, and, and she's in Arizona now, but she appreciated our podcast and thought it, it was going to help her and her family at this time. So, yeah, people seem to That's the one who posted on, uh, the, on our Apple podcast page. There you go. That's it. Yeah, she left a review. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was awful nice. If anybody wants good. to leave us a review, you know. That's great. If you don't, don't worry about it. We're, That's right. You know, we're not uh, we're not in it for the reviews. No, no. Why? Why are we in it? I'm not um, sure. it's not, there's just no money. to make the world a better place. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, all right. So today's topic, we were going to talk about uh, community at the church, specifically different groups that uh, we can join and why we would join them and why mm-hmm. we would belong to them. Right. So how do we want to get this thing going? How do you want to start this up, Father? Well, you're in a men's group currently, Jim, so why don't you talk a little bit about your experience of that, and then I can also chime in and share a bit of, of my own personal experience of groups that I've belonged to and how they've been helpful. I think that's a good idea. I think that um, as soon as I ask you how you want to start, I immediately think, no, I don't want to start that way. I want to start a different way. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> so. Let's not I, get in a fight well, on this podcast. No, it's you no. Know, we did that prior to hitting record, and we, I thought we got that out of our system. But I think, and you can either agree with me or disagree with me, or mostly disagree with me. I think that um, the, as as much as I love the Catholic Church, and both of us love the Catholic Church. Obviously, you do. You are all in on um, being a Jesuit, but the Catholic Church. Um, doesn't really promote uh, the whole community thing as much. You really got to fight for it sometimes. So there are some mm-hmm. churches that you can belong to, some parishes that you can belong to, and and I think my theory on this is um, is well, I guess that's not really. It's, it's I, th- I think that our church has has been very very focused on sacramental ministry for a long time, mm-hmm. and for a larger period of the history of, of the American church, you would get one parish that would have maybe four or five priests working at that parish, and they would all take different roles. So one would take music, and one would take catechesis and um, various things, and then they could really focus on the sacraments at that point. And then as, as we our priests have uh, population has dwindled, and that's been turned over more to the laity... Um, I think we still have a sacramental ministry mindset where, mm-hmm. as with the Protestants, 
um, they are a lot more community focused. And I don't think it's bad to be focused on the, on the sacraments because I think, I think that's a, a key cornerstone of our faith. But it's, it's, there has to be, for a lot of people, the community aspect is kind of missing, I think. That's my theory. Well, I think you're tr- you're right there in, uh, to a large degree. I think that um, a lot of Catholics, their experience of the church is they go to mass on Sunday for one hour. You know, they show up, um, they're there, and then they leave. They go home, and um, right. so I think for a lot of Catholics, yeah, there isn't really that sense of community. I mean, they're obviously at church with others at mass, but uh, there isn't maybe a lot of interaction going on during the mass with one another. Uh, we're all kind of focused on. Um, listening to the Word of God and the homily, and then, of course, um, focused on the Eucharist itself, which we receive, and we're made into right. the body of Christ through that. But you're right. I think that um, it, it's it's certainly better than I think it would have been maybe in the past. I mean, I think we worked hard at trying to develop kind of fellowship after Mass, and so even like where I help out at St. Jerome's near Milwaukee, um, you know, a lot of people... After Mass, we'll go to, like, a catechesis session, or uh, they have donuts and and coffee, and people will hang out in the narthex. And I think we've even kind of structured our churches now so that there are gathering spaces, and it's more welcoming that way. And then, you know, if you look at what's going on in the parish, I mean, there are uh, groups that people can can join and, and participate in. But to your point, I think that, by and large, for many Catholics still... Um, the church isn't really the place where they find that kind of community. They, right. they basically just come to Mass. So you're right. I think the Protestants, we have, we have a lot that we can learn from, especially from evangelical Christians. You know? And it, it kind of takes a little bit of um, being proactive to find places to get involved with the church or to find... I was playing uh, guitar at Masses for, I don't know, 15 years, and um, the new priest came on board at our parish... And he was like, Jim, I really want you to be a part of this this men's group that mm-hmm. that we want to we want to do, and um, we want to figure out ways to evangelize to the men and try to get more men uh, to get involved outside of mass and 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 be support for one another. And I was I, I said, okay, I, I was a part of this core group for mm-hmm. about a year, and we were trying to structure something, and and I, I struggled with it because. Um, I had friends that were like, well, you know, I'm a woman. Why can't I be a part of this? And mm-hmm. so that's, I don't really have an answer to that. And, and it's, it's, it, I struggled with the whole thing. Like, do we want to be exclusive? Do we want to be inclusive? What, you know, is this, is this wrong that it's all men? I, I really didn't know. And I kept on going and I kept on praying about it. And um, our group put on um, a series of breakfasts and get men out there at 6 a.m. We'd have mass and then we'd go and we'd have breakfast and then somebody would come and speak. One of the members of our core group would speak for a few minutes and share their faith or share their struggles and then mm-hmm. um, have a little time for um, sharing at the at the tables. And the first one that we did, we had, I think, close to 100 guys show up, which wow. really surprised me. Yeah. That was, uh, and that was that was really due to the efforts of a couple of key guys in our group that were able mm-hmm. to network and, and pull a lot of people in. And we had mass; it was great. You could go to confession before mass. Um, we filled up the chapel. We came in. This is obviously pre-COVID days. This was a couple of years ago, right? And then one of the one of the guys in the core group um, stood up to speak, 
and he was going to share uh, his testimony to you know borrow a Protestant term. Mm-hmm. Um, but he started talking about um, his uh, he was in his uh, early thirties, and he talked about um, his struggles with uh, pornography and with masturbation. And I was yeah. like. He would never give that talk if there was a woman in the room. Right. And there was right. a lot of men that needed to hear that talk. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just the reality mm-hmm. of things. Sure. And 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 to not have women there. And then I was like, okay, I get it. This is this isn't exclusive due to superiority. This is exclusive. This particular group is being exclusive because of the need to network. And, and I, I kind of compare it to. Um, people who join, um, you know, like if they're if they're a part of a cancer survivor group, uh-huh. and 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 it's not like you know, it, nobody's offended that they're they can't join if they don't have if they don't if, have cancer if they don't have cancer right. It's like, so, um, no, I, I think what you're saying is really important that we're not trying to be sexist here or trying to be exclusive. We're just saying that. It's natural that, you know, men and women being the two different embodiments or instantiations of the human nature. That's know, a big it, word. It, I know, I know. I, oh, I'm trying to impress you. That's, you know, I always feel so inferior to you. I'm trying to impress you right now. But, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're, we're different. We're different creatures, you know, and we, we have different uh, psychology. We have different spirituality. And so um, there's obviously many ways in which we should be together and, and uh, living the faith together, but I think it's okay to say that, you know, to have fellowship or to have networking, like you said, with people who are, you know, just other men or just other women, that's perfectly acceptable. And I, I think about, you know, my own life. I mean, I went to an all-boys Catholic high school, and, um, you know, I know some friends of mine, many friends of mine have gone to co-ed high schools, and there was a real you know, maybe benefit that they received from being with women in a high school that I didn't have. But I also would say that... Well, no. I mean, at Market High School, where I went to school, we were able to date. So that's... that's Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like like we're totally deprived. But what I thought was, you know, like in a co-ed high school, guys would actually shower and they might actually take care of their appearance because they have women in the classroom and so forth. Whereas in an all-boys school, sometimes you might neglect your appearance and all that. But... The advantage, I think, is that um, there is kind of a, a camaraderie or a brotherhood that can be built up in a school like that. Um, I think about retreats that the guys went on with each other. And uh, and even today, even in a, in a Catholic high school that's co-ed, we might have separate retreats for the boys and for the girls because we realize that there's something about that bonding with, with members of our own gender, our own you know sex, that is really good and healthy. Um, I think about all the retreats that I've given as a Jesuit in our retreat houses, and we still have today, you know, many times we have weekend preached retreats that are either for men or for women. And, and again, part of that is because we live the Catholic faith and Catholic spirituality a little bit different, perhaps, depending on whether we're men or women, but then it also allows us to kind of address issues that are that are unique to each group. Now, we also have couples retreats, and couples right. that are married will come or they're, they're engaged and they come because they, they want to have a theme kind of directed to them. So, again, none of this is saying one's necessarily better or superior. It's just saying, it, it, you know, uh, and, you, and you made a really good point that I think men in particular, I mean, I would say actually women, this, now this may sound, this may 
create havoc among our, our listeners. But I think women are probably superior to men in general in terms of, let me specify that, in terms of their ability to kind of create community. I mean, women very naturally, I think, are good at uh, kind of bonding with each other and, and talking from the heart with one another. You know, the way guys operate, we tend to, like, go fishing or go to a, you know, football game, and it's like we do something together, and then through that activity, we also kind of bond. But we're, we're, we have a harder time talking about our feelings and kind of talking about maybe the deeper matters of the heart. And so um, risking those kinds of conversations is easier, I think, when, when we're maybe with one another. And, and especially like, you know, you highlighted certain topics that maybe are delicate and, and uh, difficult, and we would never maybe address them if women were present. So I do think, you know, there is, there is a real good um, benefit to having guys uh, come together, and, and there's many different, you know, organizations now in the church that kind of foster that or that target men, you know. Um, is at, in your, so you worked, you got your master's in counseling and psychology as, as, as I did. Did you uh, ever read Carol Gilligan when you were doing that? Yeah, yeah, why don't you talk about what you, what you remember from her? So Carol Gilligan, um, it's, it was in the School of Feminist Psychology, it was it was its origins were in uh, Freudian psychology, which was interesting because then she went into. Nobody really thinks of Freud as a feminist, but no. um, she did all these studies on, um, especially young boys and girls and how they interacted. And one of the things that is really, really interesting uh, thing to focus on in a class to take. But the one thing that really stuck out for me, and it kind of a- applies to what we're talking about. Um, she would watch um, young boys play a game and young girls play a game. And the young mm-hmm. boys would play a game and they'd be out playing, you know, stickball or something. And uh, the ball might get on the roof and they didn't know what to do. So the boys would get together and they would come up with a new rule. Mm-hmm. And then they would start over again and play. So they would constantly be adding rules when new situations would arise so that everybody could play fair and everything would be, and it wouldn't be anything. <laughs> Nobody could take it personal. The women, the girls, excuse me, would get together and they'd play a similar game. And if something came up that they didn't know what to deal with um, and they didn't have a rule for, they would invariably decide to go do something else because uh. they didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings with yeah. they were much more empathetic and this is like a real biological thing and as a guy who was a boy um yeah boys aren't empathetic at you know nine and ten they aren't <laughs> nobody's nobody's <laughs> Hard trying to, to protect your feelings right at eight years old it's right it's, uh, so that's why the rules come in handy so there yeah. are differences but you know your point about the the couples retreat i know uh, uh, several couples that are a part of a couples group that uh, meet mm-hmm. every other week and they read scripture and they talk about, you know, the, the benefits and the, the struggles that they deal with and everything, which is fantastic. Nobody, nobody in this conversation is saying that men and women can't be in a, uh, a church group right. um, together and have it be a co-ed group. Nobody's saying that. No, 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 not at all. But I do think, uh, you know, guys and women find it at times helpful to be part of a, a group of just, you know, their own peers. And, um, and I think, again, there's something unique about each of us that sometimes it's, it's helpful just to come together and be able to, to kind of know that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm understood, you know, by, 
either again fellow men or fellow women. But yeah, of course, there are many ways in which men and women can uh, benefit from each other and should should interact together. Well, it's um, about it's about being able to identify within the group and whether that's based on gender or based on shared experiences. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when I was a youth minister and I had a, had a kid come in who was really struggling with the idea that his that his parents might get divorced. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really struggled to empathize with the kid because my parents have been divorced since I was five years old. Like that was not, I never witnessed my parents arguing. I didn't witness my parents having troubles. It was just, you know, it was over at a very early age. So it was hard to, and, and to empathize with that. And I get mm-hmm. that, you know, so when people are part of, um, you know, we, we have a grief group at our church, and, and mm-hmm. there are people that will come in and go out and, and be a part of it because they can identify it. They, they have other people that's like, I know what you're going through. I'm going through something similar. Right, right. No, exactly. And, you know, I was well, in kind of in preparation for our podcast. I, was, I went to the Archdiocese of Milwaukee uh, website just because that's where I'm living. And I literally um, thought you drove to the Archdiocese. Uh, well, uh, it is right next door to where I'm also living, so it would have been very easy. I, I could have walked the over there. But, <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> but no, I went to their website, which <laughs> was exhausting. I yeah, it was, yeah I, had, I took a nap. I took a long nap afterwards. <laughs> but, um, but they have, on their website, they actually have a separate page for women's ministry and men's ministry. And so you know, with I know every year in the Archdiocese they have a huge uh, Women of Christ conference and a uh, Men of Christ conference. So those are are already separate, and they draw hundreds or even a couple thousand maybe uh, people to each of those conferences. But you know, just looking like for example on the women's site, you know, there's a group called uh, Blessed Is She, so a sisterhood of women who want to grow in their Catholic faith. Um, there's a group, the Milwaukee Archdiocese Council of Catholic Women. Um, the Women of Christ I mentioned, uh, um, First still, Fruits. You're still pushing the separation of the sexes. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that I, I, it's interesting. In I, I, would ne- I don't think so. <laughs> but I would never realize that there were this many groups, separate groups. Then for the guys, you have That Man Is You. You have The Art of Manliness. Right. How about that for a, a group sponsored by uh, an archdiocese? Catholic Gentlemen. It exists to inspire men to holiness, to love God, to serve others, to deny yourself. So anyway, just a recognition that, um, yeah, there seems to be these different spiritualities that can be, you know, addressed by different groups. But um, so there's yeah. a, uh, the current group that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought it'd probably be a good idea to bring that one up. So um, a friend of mine asked me to join uh, his uh, prayer group. And I'm, I'm always, I'm a little hesitant to join prayer groups overall. It's just, mm-hmm. it feels like not the most, and I don't know why. It's, it's uh, I don't know. But I, I was like, I don't, I, I don't belong to your church. I feel like that's a little uncomfortable. He's mm-hmm. like, don't worry about it. You, mm-hmm. you, you know some of the people here. Everything's cool. Just come and join. And I'm so happy that I did. Okay. Um, the guys in this group are... Can I share a story? Can I share a brief story? Of course. Okay. So back again when I was a youth minister 100 years ago, um, we, uh, I took a group of about 40 kids to Colorado to go skiing. And during the day, they would go skiing, and then at night, we would do a retreat. Okay. And a lot of people, this is the deep, dark secret of youth ministry. I don't know if you've ever participated in this, Father, but the, 
the deep dark secret yeah, of the I taught in high schools for 14 years well so. no i understand that you so you may be able to identify this with this okay where like you'll you'll come up with a topic that you think is just going to be a killer topic mm-hmm. and it's the dumbest topic in the world mm-hmm. so you send people off with this like there was there was uh, I was on a retreat. I wasn't leading this retreat, but I was helping out on this retreat. And the topic came up of go to your small groups and talk about child abuse. And we're all sitting there, and it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, is is anybody for <laughs> child abuse? And they're like, nope, none of us are. Okay, well, no, let's okay. talk about something else. Then. <laughs> so this was my moment on the retreat oh, where I was like, I'm going to have people go into their small groups and yeah. talk about what's permanent in their lives. And this is going to be a great topic, and we're going to generate so much discussion. You mean like markers? No, like, you know, the things that you have in your... That wasn't even funny. That's just... <laughs> so... Well, I'm trying to think, what do you mean by permanent? The, the things in our lives that are permanent, the things that we can always count on to be there. Oh. And, and, and okay. just like, I know that, you know, this person's always going to be there. I know uh. that, you know, I'm always going to have this thing in my life. Okay. And so th- there's about... I don't know, 40 of them that went off. They, they were gone for mm-hmm. about 45 minutes, and they all come back. And every single one of them was mad. Ooh. And not only that, but every single small group leader came back, and they Seriously? were mad. They were, they were just all ticked off yeah. at me. Like, and so I'm like, all right, well, what's up? And they had all come to the same conclusion that everything that everyone that they loved Everything that they owned that they cherished was going to break. Everyone that they loved was going to die or leave. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say anything, but I was thinking the same thing. When right, you just, that yeah. their pets were going to die. Right. And thank you very much, Jim, <laughs> right. for reminding us that there is absolutely nothing permanent in our lives. Right. Oh. So I'm sitting there like with a room full of really hostile people, and I'm like, okay, what, what are we going to do here? And it's just silent for a few minutes. And then this, this one kid um, stands up and he goes, all right, I got one thing that's permanent in my life. He goes, it's me. From the moment I was born to the moment that I'm dead, uh-huh. I'm uh-huh. in my life. I am absolutely permanent in my life. I'm like, all right, great. And I write <laughs> it on the board, me. Yeah. And then somebody else was like, you didn't use a permanent marker, though, probably, because you were going to erase it. Why are you so focused on the markers? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. Know. I'm sorry. All right, go ahead. You're on, you're, <laughs> I, I, like, I like where you're going with this. It. Keep keep going. Keep going. Just you're ruining the moment with these markers. <laughs> so then, then this other this other kid stands up and goes, well, he goes, in that vein, I I, you know, I guess God is always per, is permanent in my life, and Ooh. he's going to be there from the, He's been there since the moment I was born until the moment that I die. Yeah. I'm like, great. Now and even afterwards. Got, Hadn't even considered either. Right, even wow. afterwards. So I write that down, and we come to the, we, we work it out, and we flesh out the whole thing. We come to the conclusion that the two smart things that we could do is if, if, if these are the only two things that are permanent in our lives, it's really important to get to know these two things as best as we can. Ooh. Get to know God as much as you can and get to know yourself, which a lot of people really don't know themselves very well. No, that's true. If they don't like themselves, I guarantee you they don't know themselves very well. Mm-hmm. And that if you wanted to make anything else permanent, you had to share the two things that were permanent in your life. Wow. So you had to share God and you had to share yourself if you wanted a chance to make anything permanent. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I know that I can look back at my life at those things. And the reason I bring that story up is because the small group that I belong to mm-hmm. gives me that opportunity on mm-hmm. a weekly basis. Yeah, yeah. 
and these guys share God with me and their how they understand God, and then they yeah. share parts of who they are. And and we all have relations, probably not you, but we all have relationships <laughs> that are fairly surface and fairly, you know, shallow. Mm-hmm. They're right. not real deep. And when push comes to shove and the you know, the doo-doo hits the fan, right. um, these folks aren't going to be around. Yeah. You know, when yeah. the storms hit, sure. they're going to take cover. And it's the people that are permanent, that you can share the permanent things in your life that are going to do that. These guys are, who I've spent, you know, a, about a year with, you know, when, when I've had like really tragic things happen in the past year, which hasn't been a lot, but there's been a couple of times, mm-hmm. they're the first people to call me. Right. Right. And, and you're like, how you doing? I, I heard that this happened to you. What can I can I pray for you? Is do you want to talk about it? Right. And it's it's uh, it's that's one of the benefits of um, having this kind of community to be a part of a small group in yep. the church. No, absolutely. That's that's a great witness. And you know, my job right now, my my full time ministry is to be the spiritual director for. 30-plus seminarians here at St. Francis de Sales Seminary, and we really encourage them. We don't mandate it, but we encourage them very strongly to join what we call a fraternity group, and a lot of them do that. They'll form a group of like four to six fellow seminarians, and they'll meet weekly or maybe every other week, but the focus of their conversation is exactly what you described. It's, it's sharing about where they're finding God in their lives and how they're growing spiritually, but also you know, a lot of their struggles and, and what's, you know, what are their joys, what are their um, disappointments. And so it's also about themselves and just they're, they're all growing tremendously in their relationship with God, but also in their own self-knowledge and self-understanding. And I think about my own life too. I mean, as a Jesuit in formation, we had faith-sharing groups, you know, all the way along that we would do exactly what you're saying, uh, kind of share our lives and our hearts at a deep level. And in doing so, grow in our love for God, grow in our love for ourselves, and, and deepen bonds with each other. And, uh, and a lot of priests that I know will form, um, you know, Yezu Caritas groups, or they call them, right. or, or fraternity groups. And so I think, I think what you and I are really trying to highlight in this podcast is that, you know, we're made for community. We're not, yes. we're not meant to live, you know, like as Thomas Burton said, no man is an island. Um, we're just, we're hardwired to be in community, and yet how many people do we know out there, especially maybe in our culture, in Western culture, more than in, let's say, Africa or other places, where people are very, very isolated, they live very lonely lives, and and even if even if they're rubbing shoulders with people at work or whatever, there isn't that deeper interaction going on. And so I think we're just really encouraging people who are listening to consider, um, especially if they're Catholic or Christian, to consider um, you know either forming a group or joining a group that has as its focus um, talking about the deeper things of life, and that includes God. And and we all you know we all have our ups and downs. We all have our struggles and crosses. And gosh, it's just so much easier when we can talk about those uh, with other people who are listening and and caring. Well, you talk um, about isolation. That's right in the middle of what we're, what we're all doing right now. Yeah, yeah, precisely. I mean, this is, I, I can't, there has never been a time in, in mm-hmm. our lifetimes where we've been so isolated from, you know, other people, anybody else. Right. And, and right. so... Th- there lies the struggle in trying to find and the small group, but with technology, mm-hmm. you know, we could, you know, if th- if things got really bad in our area and, and we became a hotspot, um, 
I'm I'm certain that you know we could do a Zoom call on on yeah. Tuesday nights yeah. and and mm-hmm. get that going and still have that ability to sure. to share with one another. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, I just heard today on the radio. I think it was in uh, Europe where now they're all cracking down again because of the uh, spike in the COVID. That they're, I think. Um, I think it was Spain that maybe now is going to be under a state of emergency until April or something. And we're, you know, we're recording this in, in mid-October. So um, there's no end in sight, you know, to this right. uh, isolation experience that we're, that, and it's already been hard on many, many people. And, and uh, in fact, I think, to be honest, that's one of the reasons why COVID has spiked again recently is because people got so tired. They missed each other. They missed each other. Yeah. And so they just said, you know, kind of screw it. I might get sick, but it's just right. like, it's a sign that being with each other is like really, really important and fundamental that we're willing to, to kind of risk getting sick to do it. And so I'm not, I'm not advising that we are imprudent, but I think it's just a sign that again, we, we aren't meant to be going long periods of time where without we're not uh, without each other. Right. So right. No, I think that's well. And, that's and getting back to like the church being uh, focused on sacramental ministry, which, you know, again, good thing, but um, people, there's an inference when you're uh, confirmed that, okay, now you know everything that you need to know mm-hmm. and, and you know, everything there is about the Catholic church, which is could not be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. That confirmation should be your first step not your last step and and i get frustrated with churches that make confirmation like the fact that i can get um certified in auto repair in less time than some churches have to get confirmation really Uh that that really kind of that bothers me a little bit that it shouldn't (laughs) be that carrot on the stick to keep you around If, if 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 we instilled within people the idea that this is one step in the process, and there's more for you to learn and, and more for you to share, then we wouldn't have to worry about confirmation could go back to being one of the, you know, the, 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 you could do it earlier like they used to do it, and it wouldn't yeah. be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So I don't, it's, uh, it's, it's, you got to want it, you got to go find it. And, and the other thing is, is the, the, the one thing that, that I think is important to impress upon, we, we were, um, we had a, we were talking about angels, uh, in our small, in our men's group one night. And one uh-huh. of the guys, really good guy, very well-intentioned was talking about his, uh, grandparents and that, um, he was wondering if his grandparents were, were angels now watching over him. And we were all sitting there and I was like, how do I, how do I address this and not, you know, be cruel? And the guy sitting next to him, who's really knowledgeable on Catholic faith, goes, you know what, that's a really nice sentiment, but that's theologically impossible. Uh-huh. We are not, we're never going to become angels. And, <laughs> right, right. And, and I think that the struggle that we have is because of the fact that we, we kind of walk out of confirmation with such a rudimentary understanding of the church, uh-huh. that that can be kind of reinforced if there's not you know, some way to do like a check and balance. And if there's somebody in, you don't need somebody who's got a degree in theology at every one of these meetings. But, you know, if there's a way to check in with the pastor and say, we've had this question, mm-hmm. how would you respond? I think that would be a really smart move. Well, and I think a lot of people that go to church, uh, a lot of Catholics, they, they want out of their their preaching and just other interactions, they want both 
knowledge, education, catechesis, and they want their hearts touched. They want, they want to um, know that they can take something away that they can apply very specifically to their lives to live better, holier, healthier lives. So I think, you know, I think we're, tar- we're always trying to target the head and the heart, and I think you're highlighting a really good point, which is that um, in so many other areas of our life, you know, we are professional and we we see like you know like in like in the workplace you know there's always seminars and ongoing you know education and you're supposed to be you know uh, learning as you go throughout your career and yet somehow as a Catholic you know it's okay to stay kind of stunted at a you know at a childlike level you know so I think um, it is about educating ourselves and growing in, in the knowledge of the faith. But I think people are really hungering, too, as we're saying in the podcast today, where they're hungering for connection and for making things very personal and, and having an impact on their life that they can feel and that they can um, see bear fruit, you know? So right. anyway. One of, the, um, one of the people that we mutually know, um, Mark, well, well, not Mark D. We'll say Mark D. <laughs> Mark D, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> invited me to join uh, his men's group. <laughs> oh, yes. Is there anything else we need to cover? Or we, do um, you think we've beaten this uh, horse I think so. into I, the ground? Yeah. I, no, I don't. I mean, there's nothing fresh coming to mind. So I, I think we're probably, and I've got 35 minutes. So I think yeah. we're probably okay. We're doing okay. I think that I think the last thing that I would want to impress, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. that I believe, um, it it doesn't matter where you are on your on your faith journey as far as. Um, if if there's a Bible study and you're yep. nervous because you've never done a Bible study, don't worry about it. And right. if there's a Bible study and you have a master's in biblical studies, don't worry about it. Right. Just right. go in. And and half of this is, you know, the the community and the bonding and and mm-hmm. with the other people there. And and maybe somebody else has more to share. Or maybe you have more to share. Or Whatever the case may yeah. be. Yeah, I mean, it's it's usually a, a mutual experience of both, you know, sharing and adding, contributing, and then receiving, and and that happens in different ways. And right. your your mention of the Bible study does make me think. I'd like to make this point too, which is that um, if if some of our listeners are thinking, "Gee, I, this sounds really good. I'd like to somehow, um, you know, join a community that's going to help me in my." Uh, faith life, there are a lot of different avenues or a lot of different groups out there that one can consider. So you could join a Bible study group, so that would be kind of focused on Scripture, but of course you might also within that be sharing something about your life on a personal level. But there's also prayer groups, you know, where you're actually um, focused more on uh, how to pray and doing prayer together. Um, There might be, you know, like a, a group that focuses on um, growing in virtue, like you, in, in holiness. Um, um, you know, I think even about, I mean, we haven't really talked about it in the course of the podcast, but if you have a particular issue that you're struggling with, I mean, think about how incredibly powerful AA groups or other 12-step groups have been, you know, in the last century. I mean, so many people, literally their lives have been saved because they came together with other people who are dealing with the same struggle and could find support and empathy. And, you know, so maybe maybe myself or my I'm going through something or my family is and I want to just get together with other people that are um, dealing with that same issue and who can understand firsthand. So um, there's lots of different groups that are out there in Catholic parishes that respond to different people's situations. And uh, so it's a matter of just kind of finding out which group might be best for me at this time. Right. 
And, and, and yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. And if you can't find it at your church, look at the Arch, Archdiocese yep. website, take you know, or drive down there. But you do what Father Rob does, <laughs> and just you know, go on the website, Google, and and find yeah. out if there's a group that's uh, meeting that. Yeah. Um, and and it's you know, you may find a group and it doesn't click, and that's okay. And then you do it. It doesn't mean that all groups are going to be terrible. Right. You, you you keep on trying until you find a fit that that works for you. And I I truly believe that the Holy Spirit's going to help with that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've I've been in some clunker groups, and 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 right now I'm in. Great group, so okay. All right, they weren't. They weren't. They didn't become clunker groups when you joined them, though. No, they, they got immediately better after I left. Okay, okay. all right. All, right. Just, all of a sudden, things just got so much better. So, um, okay, so we got that wrapped up. I think we tied a, a very nice bow on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and we still haven't figured out what to call uh, this part of the podcast where we talk about um, neat stuff that we've found or you know, things that, you know, we, we talked about, promote. right, yeah. we talked about the Clouds movie, and we talked about um, Cup of Joy Tea, and, and mm-hmm. uh, um, this week, um, I, I want to tell people about, I don't know how I found this site, but I love this site, um, it's uh, Pray More Novenas, now, uh, Father, you're a big novena guy, <laughs> right? Am I? Am I? I, I thought I, you were. You don't. You're well, not. You don't do a lot of. Well, it depends what you mean you by big. Like you do. I, you do novenas on a regular I basis. Do no, no, I wouldn't say a regular basis, but I do novenas from time to time. I right. have yes. But yeah. a lot of Catholics um, don't consider like that. Novenas are kind of seen as like the last generation thing to do, and mm-hmm, people of this generation yeah. don't really necessarily do it. Yeah. Um, a lot but, of young people that I know do them. Actually, it's more of a young, well, a younger. Okay. I think well, it's come back into I, vogue. I don't know what I'm talking about then. <laughs> anyway, if you've ever considered doing a novena, or if you like doing novenas, but you forget, like day four, like I always Well, Jim, what like is a novena? Five. We're presuming that people know what a no, that word novena even means. What is it? Well, why don't you tell us, Father, being the well, priest in this group? Right, well, so novena, the, the, the root of it means nine. So it's a prayer that happens over nine successive days, where right. usually there's a, a short um, kind of... Um, I don't know if they call it rote prayer or formula prayer that you're saying each day for a particular intention. And uh, some of these are focused on our Blessed Mother or like the, we actually were t- you know, we had that podcast on St. Joseph. I have on my desk right. here a St. Joseph novena. So there's lots of different novenas within the church, but it's a way of sort of um, intensifying our prayer for something by praying for it over a period of nine days. And a lot of the novenas do involve saints, so this is, a, this is another one of those. Right. Um, but PrayMoreNovenas.com, you sign up. They don't, they don't do anything with your email address, but you get a notification three days before a group novena is going to start. Currently, there's one to St. Jude that they're reminding people of. They don't mm-hmm. come up with what the novena is going to be, but they follow along the church calendar and their suggested times. And you just you give them your email address. And then every day you get a reminder. It's like, hey, here's day two of the novena. This is the greatest thing. It's a, um, it's a couple, um, John Paul and Annie Deddens, who uh, when they were dating, she would uh, Annie would would keep on asking John Paul to join a novena and be like, mm, I'm going to forget <laughs> like day four, yeah. and which I would do all the time. And then so he was like, well, I'm going to come up with this website. We're going to do this website that's going to remind me every day. And it's mm-hmm. brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It is. 
and it doesn't cost anything. Right. And it's and you're just, doing it with literally thousands of people. I mean, it's not just literally a, f- a few people, but there's like little because it's a website, they can yeah. reach they can reach thousands. Right. And and the whole purpose of it is just let's do Novenas. They're not going to ask you for money. They're not gonna. They're not gonna sell your email to anybody. You're not gonna get spammed. You're just right. gonna find out about the Novenas. So PrayMoreNovenas.com, and uh, go visit there and sign up, and and uh, you'll 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 be very happy. You won't thank me, but you'll be super you'll be happy about it. Nonetheless, right. there's a you know there's a, a joke about Jesuits and like Novena and Alexa and Alexis, but I will save that maybe. Why don't we save time. that? Because we're so over time. Right I, I know, now. I know. Let's we'll save that. Um, all right. Well, should we end with a prayer? Why don't you lead us in prayer, Father? And uh, all right. yeah, be, be happy good. to do that. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, we're grateful for having had this opportunity to uh, talk about um, an important topic. Uh, all of our podcasts, we try to give you praise and glory in all that we're doing. And so we ask that you would inspire each one of us to have a deeper hunger for community with you and the Blessed Trinity, with our Blessed Mother and all the saints, but also that we might uh, deepen our community with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. If there's anything heavy on our hearts or in our life right now, we ask you to help us uh, to be able to share that uh, with others and to receive comfort and wisdom and to be given joy and consolation as we carry that cross. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Thank you, Father Rob. Hey, thank you, Jim. That Great being with talk. you again. It's good yeah. to be with you, too. All right. And this is the end of our podcast. You guys have a great week. Um, and yeah, I don't know what else to say. So. God bless. God bless. Bye bye. <laughs>